Want to know the tea on savings? During your mortgage application, you'll be showing your ability to meet your monthly repayments. One of the best ways to do this is showing regular monthly savings. But here's the thing. These savings can include any rent that you currently pay. Search Bank of Ireland Mortgages for more stunning steps to make your mortgage journey smoother. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Over 18s only. Mortgage approval is subject to the assessment of suitability and affordability. Property and life insurance are required. You mortgage your property to secure the loan. Bank of Ireland Mortgage Bank UC trading as Bank of Ireland Mortgages is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. The First Time Buyer's Bible by Bank of Ireland. Demystifying the home buying journey through conversations with experts. Episode 1. The Mortgage. This week we have Caroline Kelly who has worked in financial services for over 20 years divine in various roles from investment advisor and financial planner and is now a mortgage specialist at Bank of Ireland for the past four years. Welcome and I'm so excited that you're here. Thanks many and delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. We're going to have a ball. I was saying to friends of mine, a lot of us are first time buyers that like you don't get in front of a mortgage specialist until it's your mortgage. And this is going to be so nice for people to hear an overview of the process and some tips and tricks that you will never hear from anyone except a mortgage specialist because each mortgage is so different. I'm going to start out just by asking you about your job. What do you do and the different parts of it and what do you enjoy? So I am a mortgage specialist at Bank of Ireland for the last four years. I'm based in, out in Sutton, which is a lovely area, and Swords as well one day a week. I did financial advisor, investment advisor previously, but this I enjoy a lot more because when you give advice about a pension or a life cover or something like that they do walk away with something but it's mm-hmm. not tangible yeah. where I'm literally giving people the keys to their house and their dream home so it's it's a, a really nice journey to go on with customers Yeah, some of them as well like you could be dealing with them for a year two years 18 months so you really do get to know them um, and build up a relationship and I love that part of it as well that's um, lovely yeah really enjoy it oh, fab. so if you were to say what a mortgage is to someone who's never heard of a mortgage before what is she? It's basically a loan to buy a property and the house is collateral for the loan. That's mm-hmm. basically it. Um, so it's a 35 year term. We do up to age 70 in Bank of Ireland. We do have first time buyers now in their 50s, 40s. So that can be a positive. Mm-hmm. And then there's fixed rates or variable rates on it. Stunning. And you're mm-hmm. the expert at it. So when it comes <laughs> to the timeline of a mortgage, what is the timeline? What can people expect the journey to look like? So I guess it's important when you're a first time buyer to come in early. So we encourage people even at that very early stage when they're just starting to save to come in and have a chat see how much they can borrow and what they need to be doing just to get ready we have an account called a mortgage saver account to, I've heard to of set this. people up yeah they can save between 200 and 2500 a month into that for between 6 months and 30 months and they can get an interest bonus if they draw down their mortgage with us of so it's 2000 euro less dirt tax so it's around 1300 euro that they get then when they draw down with us so you, if you're like I'm going to want to apply for a mortgage in two or three years mm. you should just open that account and then yeah. by the time you go and apply for your account with Bank of Ireland yeah. you'll be able to just get like a bonus out of that a basically. bonus if you draw down the mortgage with us so which oh, is so that would just be brilliant. happening in the squirreling away in the background anyway yeah. And there's a huge number of benefits as well because a really important thing which I'm sure we'll talk about is Mm -hmm. demonstrating your repayment ability. It it is really important to show us that you can afford the mortgage. Can you set up the early savings account if you're not a Bank of Ireland customer currently? Yeah, absolutely. You can set it up through the website. You don't have to be a Bank of Ireland customer. That's excellent. I think a lot of people say, 
I can't go to my mortgage shop because I don't have everything. three months of this and da, da, da. They, they can just literally come in a nice outfit, sit in front of you and have they a chat. Can. Okay. <laughs> I mean, look, it's no harm to maybe have your payslips because yeah. one common thing is say your salary search and then your payslips might not match exactly. So mm-hmm. I can see that. Um, so it might be no harm to bring, bring a couple of payslips um, yes. to maybe know if you have variable pay like bonuses or commission. We take the average over the last three years. If you just arrive in with nothing, we can still work with that. So we'll have a conversation which will give you an idea. But then it's when the documents are uploaded and we fully assess that we can decide on the, the amount. Say we move forward now, you're two years, you're saving away into your mortgage saver, you have your deposit built up. Then we're meeting just to see how much you can afford to borrow. Um, and then we set you up on an online hub, which is really good. So customers find that brilliant. They oh, can nice. follow through as to see so you're not saying, God, I wonder has it gone up to the underwriters or what's happening with my mortgage? They can literally follow through on our online hub. Yes, yeah, so you can yeah. like Saturday morning, get up, have a coffee and mm-hmm. start uploading. Exactly. Nice. I yes. love that you do a portal like that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And like we're so used to being able to do everything conveniently like that. Yeah. And as well, you're not having to go into the bank with a, a ton of paper, which was the case up to recently. And from when they upload all the documents, you're probably talking 10 working days on average mm-hmm. to get approval, which is it's not long really at all. That's mortgage in principle, right? In principle. That's underwritten approval mm-hmm. in principle. And then that lasts for 12 months with Bank of Ireland, which is amazing. Nice, because it's usually much shorter, as I know from the search there's seasonal viewing times if you get a mortgage in principle in September that can be like a very dry time of the year but if you have the full year that's a great yeah, benefit absolutely mm, yeah that's amazing. yeah um, and people buy new bills and stuff like that that oh, might not yeah. be ready oh god like that. yeah that yeah, makes so. sense no, it's brilliant to have the, the 12 months then. So the next step is to find a house. I do get customers coming in and I suppose you, it's such an exciting time. You get really enthusiastic. Your friend is after seeing this new build and you just jump on the bandwagon and pay the deposit and yeah. then come into me. And we can work around that, but it's not ideal. Because I think if, say, it's a new build, you pay your your 5,000 book and deposit and you're expected to sign contracts within 21 days. Oh, wow. So if you imagine we then have to get it up on the hub, all the documents upload, maybe a salary serve from the employer get you an offer out so it's not ideal so I think the ideal way around is come in to me first get Mm -hmm. your underwritten approval in principle uh, and then go looking for your house that's the ideal scenario and like timeline from then to when you might draw down really varies there are customers I'm dealing with for two years three years that just keep renewing because they're looking for a house in a particular area oh so you can just renew it yeah so you just renew it. There is obviously huge demand and lack of supply still. If customers that are lucky enough to get approved this week and find a house the following week and then like that, there's ones that could be waiting a long yeah. time. You For know? something in an area. Yeah. And then from when you find your house, I guess it's just getting into so your survey, your valuation, finding your solicitor and then to draw down very much depends on the legal process. As a first-time buyer, you're in a great position. You're the next best thing to a cash buyer, really. Yeah, you've got no chain. Yeah. You can move when you need to move. So as a buyer, like if I'm selling my house, you're very attractive to me because you're not waiting to sell anything. So you're able to move really quickly. But you need to find out from them what's the situation with the house. Are they in a chain? Is it in probate? Is there any funny little legal issues that might mm-hmm. come up with the property itself? And they're the main delays then. Is there anything you wish first-time buyers new going into the process I think come in and have a chat with us that's the main thing don't be afraid of it you might be in a much better position than you think set up your mortgage saver look into all the government grants and things like that and in terms of paperwork and all that you know if you're a Bank of Ireland customer especially there's very little paperwork I know it can seem very daunting it's the biggest transaction you'll ever do in your life but in Bank of Ireland we're there to, to hold your hand right throughout the process from 
the beginning to end. It's not going to be just a faceless online thing. We're guiding you all the way through. Um, yeah, and that that's really it. Fab. It's nice to know that people, there is like an element of like a human being there mm. who does this every day, who, who has seen it all and they'll be looking after you. Yeah. You hear about different types of mortgages and mm-hmm. some information is really outdated. Mm-hmm. What are the types of mortgages when you're shopping for a mortgage? All we have is capital and interest mortgages, okay. no matter where you go now. So you pay your monthly repayment, it goes off the capital and interest and that's it. Perfect. Yeah. So they're just the types that are there and you choose one or the other? You can choose one or the other or you can do a combination. So in terms of, you mean fixed and variable rates. Yeah. So the variable rate, the benefit there would be that you can pay as much as you want whenever you want with no penalties. Say if you know you're getting a bonus next year of 20,000, mm-hmm. you can even put 20,000 on variable because wow. you know that's coming up and I want to pay that off and yeah. I want no penalties. The benefit with the fixed rate is known exactly what your repayment will be um, for a period of time. So there's one year, two year, seven, whatever. The max is 10 year fixed that yeah. we have available at the moment. Mm-hmm. Is that um, popular? It's really popular with yeah. first time buyers because yeah. I guess you're you're moving into this big commitment and it's especially if you're moving out of home or whatever mm-hmm. it's good to know exactly what your repayments are we've also lived our teens 20s and 30s where the world has changed dramatically many times yeah and I think being fixed for 10 years is quite attractive to us for that reason like we've been through recessions there's been pandemic so, yeah, yeah interest yeah. rates like uh, honestly yeah we have been swimming against the tide for quite some time exactly it's yeah good to know there's 10 and we do allow you to overpay by 10% of the repayment amount so oh, wow. say your repayment's two grand a month you could throw an extra 200 euro a month in okay. and that actually there's an overpayment calculator on the website and it actually does have a massive effect in bringing the term down mm-hmm. if you were to do that a little bit of overpayment so when things are going well you can overpay and then if they're not so well you you can just stop at any time so there is a little bit of flexibility still with the fixed rate or a lot of people don't know you can split so like you could put X amount on the 10 year fixed and like I say Mm -hmm. if you know there's lump sums coming in put that bit on variable. Yeah, that's a really, I hear a lot of people doing it that way. People I know who are very good at money will yeah. say if, if they get things like bonuses and they know that their income varies, mm-hmm. they will do it like that. But someone can come in and go through all of that with you. Like you'll know straight away if a candidate is good for doing all fixed or mixing. Mixing. Yeah. And I think like when you're deciding around the offer, it's really when you have the house in mind, it's a bit easier to do that. Yeah, so you have the price and everything. Like how much your budget is going on the mortgage every month and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And like we offer in my of Ireland so there's options with cashback yeah. and there's options with no cashback so again it's really when you find the house so if you buy a real doer upper the cashback might actually be very attractive mm-hmm. so it's 2,000 euro for every 100,000 so say it's a 300,000 mortgage you're getting six grand in mm. cash up front yeah. and another 3,000 in five years time so like that or it's a new build and you need to buy couches whatever it can be really attractive and yeah. that's on top of your mortgage saver bonus as well so for first-time buyers the cashback can be really good mm. so we've just spoken about the kind of mortgage if it's just a straight-up mortgage if it's something that's a self-build what's the difference in the process So a lot of customers I have might be gifted a site, for example, right, that they want to build on. Mm -hmm. The important thing is that that site has planning permission before you come to get the mortgage. So, yeah, it's a little bit the other way around. So we're saying when you're buying a house, you get all the approval up front with the self-build is a bit more work around the property before you come to me. So Mm -hmm. making sure you have planning permission or if you're buying the site, we lend up to 90 percent 
to buy the site and then we do 100% of the build cost or 90% of the finished value whichever is the lower so it's normally the build cost so say you've been gifted a site this planning permission and you want to build and the build cost is 300,000 we will lend the full 300,000 because the chances are the finished value is going to be higher of you course know? yeah of course. but you would need to have minimum 10% we would expect people to have 15% of a contingency fund there mm-hmm. for overruns if you know anyone that's done a self build yeah they tend to run into to problems. And the other difference is it pays out in stages. So as the work is done, so you don't just get 300 grand and then the final 10% is held back until the work is complete. And you have 18 months to do that from drawdown. Another thing there, there's interest only option for mm-hmm. self bills up to nine months. So say you have to continue renting your property while the work is being done. Mm-hmm. That can be really attractive. Of so course. you only pay interest for the first nine months. Okay, you're just covering that. So you're not like paying two dwellings two, basically at exactly, the time. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same if you're doing self-build, like get into you guys as early as possible. Even though yeah. you technically get the mortgage yeah. later in the process. We're still doing the same calculations to see how much you can borrow. So you yeah. want to ensure that you qualify for that 300 grand that you're going to need yeah. or do we need an exception or whatever the case is. Fab. Yeah. And I, I imagine that process would be a lot more stressful if you're doing it against the ticking clock. So yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. It sounds like it'd be a load to do. <laughs> yeah, like I'm happy to meet people at any stage. You know, yeah. so we, I meet a lot of customers that are literally just getting mortgage ready. They have no deposit built up or anything like that. Oh, so you don't even have to you say know, like I've got 10%. You can no. just be at the very early stage. Very, I think the earlier the better and then obviously if you're close to before you pick out a house before you're gung-ho for mm-hmm. something I think come in to us first yeah. absolutely that would be the best like I've had even customers recently have come in with no deposit really mm-hmm. or anything like that but great salaries and qualifying for decent amounts and they've managed to make up a lot of the deposit through the government grants that are available yeah. now as well that a lot of people don't know about mm-hmm. the first home scheme and the help yeah, to I'd buy. love to hear about those do you tell people about them in the meeting or do I they would, research that separately like I suppose we can't give too much advice because they are government schemes ultimately but just to to know even where to apply because a lot of people come in and they just they're literally starting from scratch most Mm -hmm. people don't know anything about it so the help to buy you apply on the revenues it's basically like getting tax back for the last five years so if you've been living in Ireland paying tax chances are you qualify for 30,000 euro on that oh wow um, towards a new house or also if you're building a house you can can qualify for that one and in addition to that then there's the first home scheme which is an equity scheme Mm -hmm. so if you get the full help to buy you get about 20% of the purchase price on the first home scheme Mm -hmm. as well yeah so they're only on new builds um, but you know they can be really helpful and it's extended out the first home scheme now for self bills and also say you're living in a house and the landlord decides to sell the house oh god you can yeah. qualify for the first home scheme on that as well now can you? Yeah, so um, thir- you get about 30% of the purchase price on that. Fab. So just, I think it, it's a good idea for people to look at those. You can use both as well. I don't think people are aware of that, but they're on primarily new builds, mm-hmm. but they were ex- they've extended the first home scheme out to if your landlord is selling your, the house as well. I want to go into a section of being mortgage ready, right? Because people, there's urban legends out there, there's myths, there's... People terrify each other with things that make us not mortgage ready or how to get mortgage ready. If you were saying to somebody how they can make themselves mortgage ready, what are they doing? I think 
the primary thing is to focus on your deposit, right? Whether that's through gifts or through savings or whatever the case may be. So it's 90% loan to value. So 10% deposit. And there's other things you need to fund for as well, like your solicitor's fees. Like you could probably say 5,000 on average. So to have your funding right. But the big one is demonstrated repayment ability. I would often meet customers and like that, they've got a great gift off mom and dad and they're living at home and they might be on a hundred grand. So they're in a great position. Yeah. But they haven't been saving on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So then we need to pause for six months for them to build up that. So the the most common reason for pausing an application would be demonstrated repayment ability. Things like if you're paying your rent in cash, we can't use that, you know. So if you're taking cash out of the ATM, we can't see where it's going. We can't use that for your rent. Even if you transfer over to your partner and they do the cash and we can see it very, very clearly as rent. Yeah. Um, so they can't say here's an ATM withdrawal and here's my lease. No. Okay. I mean, yeah. it makes sense now that I say that because yeah. you could be like, oh, I didn't yeah. know where, <laughs> like, where did you go with that money? Yeah. I understand. Like, it would be great if you could, but you can't. Like, exactly. your hands are tied with that. Yeah. And also, like, you're on your current account, I guess, making sure it's says stay within limits. Try not to use the overdraft. What we really want to see is your salary going in for six months prior to application, salary going in and savings going out or rent going out. Okay. Like, you can use a gift fully as your deposit and we can use the rent as demonstrated repayment ability. So That's fine. For six months, they just want to know that you're not going into the red every time you would be repaying this. Exactly. And it's six months just because I have a friend who yeah. she takes cash out to pay for her takeaways because she oh. and she's been, no, she's been doing this since <laughs> she's been doing this since we were about 20. She probably right? been my ideal customer. She's been very, very, very careful. She's saying when I go and get a mortgage, I don't want them to know that I'm getting a Domino's every Sunday. That's like an urban legend that you go that like that kind of detail. It's more that they just want to know that you can pay off the set payments every month. Yes. Yeah. So if she's paying two grand in rent. What she does with her disposable income, if she wants to get her nails done and get a takeaway every day, that's fine. You know? Good to yeah, like yeah. She will literally be so hungover on a Sunday going out to an ATM and like setting her delivery to cash to avoid oh no. having takeaways on her bank account. But you like you don't need to go to that level of it. Absolutely not. And there's a few other it's like lotto betting and stuff like oh, yeah, that. Tell us yeah. about this. So obviously if you're doing Paddy Power every day of the week or whatever it is, mm-hmm. that's not, we're not going to look at that. Obviously it will be a bit of a red flag. Yeah. But if you do the Grand National every mm-hmm. year or something like that, that's okay. The lotto once a month and it's within your disposable income is fine. Yeah. Um, and another myth is that you have to take out a loan. I don't know, everyone's mom and dad seems so to tell them. This is where generations differ when it comes yeah. to credit, right? Yeah. And unfortunately, when people are trying to look after us and give us advice, for the future they're trying to make sure that we're putting our best foot forward but their experience of getting a mortgage being mortgage ready and credit is very different to what we're currently living in so talk us through getting mortgage ready from a credit point of view so yeah like there's no need to take out a loan or a credit card to show your credit rating as such if you've no loans that's Mm -hmm. really ideal I suppose because it can impact on your net disposable income Yes. So everybody knows it's used to be three and a half times salary. Actually, not everybody knows that it has increased to four times, which is brilliant for yeah. first time buyers. So a lot yeah. of people say, oh, right, I'm on this. So four times that, whatever. But they have a car loan maybe for 800 euro a month. Mm-hmm. So that will impact on the amount they can borrow because your net disposable income is how much you've left over to pay your mortgage 
right? Someone coming in on a hundred grand or 50 grand or whatever, who has five children and a loan Mm -hmm. is not going to be able to borrow as much as somebody coming in with no loans, no dependents. So you don't necessarily have to take out a line of credit because a lot of people say, Mm. oh, I might just open a credit card and just like shop with everything on that for a few months to be mortgage ready. But that's a bit of a myth these days. It's a bit of a myth. And having Mm. a credit card is fine. Ideally, you want to be clearing that in full every month some people do it to avoid bank charges or whatever it is yeah. you know and they clear it in full that's absolutely fine but we don't want to see one that's gone up to three grand and it's not coming down and I have couples as well who maybe got married just before the mortgage or have big one-off outgoings yeah like we do actually add that back in we can add those costs back in because oh that's one really off. good to know do you know yeah so you can say like yeah. look I got mar- married and it ruined your, your savings depleted like so I built them all up I spent it but then they came back in again that's okay I you know the woman I was before I said exciting. <laughs> then obviously if you blew it on something else it's not ideal before yeah. a mortgage you know what I mean yeah. but, but we understand if people get married or whatever big one off expenses that's fine yeah you and know? you can see their kind of pattern of spending right to know that it's a one off yeah also, like, I think there's a myth that people think if you ever had bad credit, that's it. You know, this is so interesting. So mm. if you were in your 20s, you didn't handle something well. Yeah. Is that going to come out in the like mortgage it's process? It's going to come out. So mm. I think the most important thing is to be upfront about it and don't go, oh, geez, like I was only 18. Maybe it won't come up on the report. I think things do, they do come up on the report, like going back a long time. So it's important to be upfront about it. But, you know, that we've all been young people, maybe went to Australia, whatever it is, went mad on the credit card at the time. Mm-hmm. Once it's since been cleared and you have a long history then of good financial behaviour going forward after that, we can still look at a mortgage but I think the most important thing is to be upfront. the worst thing you can do is put your head in the sand and don't mention something hoping that it won't come up so if someone's in a lot of debt and they're getting a handle on it they're figuring out how to sort it like let's say they're saying I want to get rid of that credit card and Mm. I'm really getting myself together can they come in and talk about a mortgage and you'll give them some advice on what to do yeah so we can put that financial commitment into the calculator and see what impact it has and it may be nothing it may not have an impact if it's 200 euro a month or something that has to go on the debt or it might have a big impact it just depends on the salary number depends and that's why we really do want people to come in early because you don't want someone killing themselves trying to pay off a 10 grand car loan when actually it would have had very little impact on the calculator yeah that's good to know they could have put that money into savings or whatever the case may be yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then people buying by themselves single people getting a mortgage the icon I always just am so impressed with yeah. that. So how does the, the process differ for them? Or is it just pretty much the same? It's just that you just have the one income multiplied. You just have the one income multiplied. Yeah. So obviously amounts wise, it can be lower. Like I did a few examples kind of before coming in. So oh, say, I'd love to hear these because people always ask roughly before I even go for a chat, if I'm just kind of yeah, like fantasy shopping. Point, like, I know yeah. I'm on 70k. Like, what, should, like what, what bracket am I looking at? And I know obviously how much credit you have out there and mm. how much deposit make a difference. But do you have some like little juicy stats for us on so just to give you a rough like say somebody coming in single no debt mm-hmm. no dependents could borrow 200,000 within limits um, and what are they earning like if they're taking a 200,000 50,000 so you're on 50,000 it's just you mm. you've no kids you don't have debt yeah and you can get up to 200,000 200,000 so obviously in Dublin like it would be hard to buy something mm-hmm. and say on a five year fix the repayment on that would be about 
25. Oh, that's so really good probably, to know. Yeah. They're probably paying a lot more than that in rent. Yeah. You know? And then if you brought in things like the government grants, if it was a new apartment or something, they might be actually in a better position than they, than they think. So they're just, yeah, it's basically in that calculation, just four times. That, that's really helpful. Yeah. Like I've, I've examples around a couple as well, just to, to give yes, you an idea. Yes, love then. it. So, yeah. Like say it was a married couple with one dependent then and say one person's on 60,000 and one is on 50,000 then. So within limits, it's 440,000, mm-hmm. right? And they could get up to 520,000 of a borrowing amount. And then just to kind of, so say the house, they, they see something then. So we've approved them for 440. Mm-hmm. They're house hunters, this married couple with the one child. Mm-hmm. And they're approved for 440, but they find a house and the house is 450. Yes. Bear in mind, some people forget then it's 90%. Yes. So it's not 440 now, it's 405. Yes. So 90 Because you're topping up the other bit with your deposit. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then like deposit wise, like they'd need a deposit of about... 54,500 mm-hmm. for that 450,000 house. Yeah. You know, I think people, there there can be a bit of a stumbling block there. Yeah. Let's talk about your type. People differ and so do mortgages. Some mortgages provide certainty when it comes to monthly repayments, while others can fluctuate up and down. Matching you to the right mortgage couldn't be easier. Search Bank of Ireland Mortgages for more stunning steps to make your mortgage journey smoother. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Over 18s only. Mortgage approval is subject to the assessment of suitability and affordability. Property and life insurance are required. You mortgage your property to secure the loan. Bank of Ireland Mortgage Bank UC trading as Bank of Ireland Mortgages is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. When it comes to self-employed queens like myself, what is the difference there? Or let's say you're a single person applying for mortgage and you're self-employed double whammy. Mm. Yeah. What goes on there? So there's no doubt about it. It is a bit more complicated from a paperwork point of view. Mm -hmm. The main thing, so the business does need to be established for a while. So say probably three years, Mm -hmm. ideally, we need at least two years audited accounts. So to have an accountant is a good idea yeah, because they can help you with a lot of the paperwork that we need. So if it's a limited company, we need two years audited accounts. Sole traders, you do your chapter four and form 11 Mm -hmm. um, from revenue, just showing your total earnings for the last two years. We usually take an average as well of the last two years. So with the pandemic and stuff that has impacted a lot of self-employed people. Of course, yeah. Um, But it is obviously now we're coming out of that. And if your last accounts were done, say in last, like January or whatever, it's probably no harm to get management accounts. It's a good idea for you to have a personal account and a business account. Yeah. A lot of people, especially sole traders, just put everything in through the personal account. And even from your accountant or when you're doing your own taxes point of view, if you can pay yourself a salary into a personal account, it's much easier for us to see everything and have a profit and loss account if you're a sole trader, you know, from an accountant. Mm-hmm. We get a letter from the accountant as well just to state that your tax affairs are up to date. So make sure tax affairs are up to date. Yeah. And it won't always be that two-year, three-year track. So say you are in IT or something like that and you go out self-employed there, there are ways around it if you've got a history where if I decide tomorrow to set up a shoe business oh stunning call me when you do I will I'd love to but like <laughs> you know if I did obviously that's way off what I was doing before I will need a good track of that do you know because you're starting a new customer base you're, yeah. yeah starting a new thing and then like when you're full-time employed you can say that you're going to times your salary a certain amount to know what you can shop for yeah is there an easy calculation when you're self-employed so I guess if you look at that chapter four so what your income was for the yeah. last two years and take the average that's going to give you a very good idea and that's your personal income that's not your company income your personal income yep. but if it's a limited company mm-hmm. 
it's a bit more complicated and in a good way because yeah. so say a lot of limited company directors will obviously draw a minimum amount of salary to reduce their tax bill so we look at the company as a whole and what they could be drawing yeah. if they were doing the max so you might be able to draw 100 grand out of your company but you're not because mm-hmm of the tax implications and we can work off that 100 grand. Okay, great. So you, you're yeah. able to sensibly take a snapshot of somebody yeah. and then you'll be able to say to them, you can reasonably look at this amount. Yeah. By your house. Okay. Like it makes sense. So like I know you probably feel, I'd say if you're self-employed, just feel, oh, this is not fair. But we are looking at it favourably as well in those situations. So yeah. a lot of limited company directors say, oh, I'm not going to draw 80 grand because I'm going to be hammered out of it with tax. Mm-hmm. We do look at it sensibly and say, well, he could draw 80. Yeah, it's there. This, it's there. Yeah. So we can work the mortgage on that basis. Okay, amazing. That's really good to know because I think a lot of people these days it's much more common to be single person buying a house and be self-employed. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people I think promote this idea that first-time buyers these days they just stop buying lattes. They'd have a house and I it don't drives. agree with that at all. Well, I'm sorry. You know, yeah. if you can get me a house for a grand and a half, thank you very much. It, it drives everybody crazy, I think, you know. Yeah. And you want to have a mortgage that means that you can live when you yeah. do have it. Yeah. So I think a lot of people get into this habit when they're saving for a mortgage where they're not having any luxuries. And it's that six months that you're yeah. saying, you know, but you want to see that people are living as they want to live yeah. and can afford the mortgage. And I think that I'd always say to people, that is the purpose of this test. So when they come in to set up their mortgage saver you're putting that 1500 as a test because that's what you will be doing like for the next however many years and as you say we don't want anyone taking money out of the ATM for their takeaways listen she better be listening Um, no more more going to the ATM in your dressing gown also when you're assessing somebody for a mortgage right is it like I know the way that I look at getting a mortgage for myself is I want to know that it's going to be less than what I'm paying in rent a lot of the time people will say I'm paying X amount I want it to be the same as that or I want it to be less because they know that they can afford it like say in that example there the couple borrowing 405,000 the repayment on that is 1778 mm-hmm. based on a four year fixed rate so that's probably a lot less than what they would have been paying in rent so someone like that then might decide to overpay we briefly touched on the other expenses do you have a timeline as a first time buyer when should you expect to pay out the different people in the process before you get the house so say you're, you find your house, okay? It's at that point then that you're identifying a solicitor and the solicitor will be paid at the end of the process. So you will draw down your funds the funds will go to the solicitor. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are a bit like, don't know that part of it as well. Yeah. What actually happens with all the money. So the, the solicitor will be paid at the end, the very end. You mm-hmm. get your keys, they get paid at the same time. She's the last girl paid. Yes. Okay. And then the surveyor and the valuer will mm-hmm. be when you've just identified the property. So we recommend a survey. We strongly recommend yeah. a survey for any secondhand houses. We especially. do here. Yeah. It is the best money you will ever spend. It and, really is. Mm. And people are shocked. They think it's in the thousands and it's not. No. You, you're either going to pay extremely high for something later yeah. or pay low and discover what's going on first. And even like it can help you in the bidding process because if you're yeah. saying I'm paying X amount and then you discover there's actually 10 grand worth of work to make this habitable like you know it's good mm-hmm. to know that at the beginning. Definitely. Um, so yeah well, money really well spent but that can be 500, 600 up to a thousand or whatever for that. And the and valuer do you book the valuer? So the customer can book the valuer or yeah. else our completions team so 
I bring it right up to offer a letter. And we have a completions team that support me then to get you actually get your keys. So they might book the valuation or they'll give you the list of valuers and you can sort them out and pick one that oh, you nice. want. So you don't have to be like, how do I find a valuer? No, we send you a list of approved valuers and then it's between 130 and 150 euro and you pay that to the valuer directly. Great. So your, your survey, you're organising completely. We don't have bank surveyors. Mm-hmm. And then the valuation, we bank ones, we recommend ones and then you pick and you organise that. You'll pay then. for that. So have yeah. that, that in your purse ready to go. Yeah. yeah. And then the solicitor is at the very end. The stamp duty as well. Yes. Something so it's 1% up to a million. So mm. for most people, it's 1% unless yeah. you're very lucky. <laughs> unless and you're a lucky girl. When yeah. you go over the million, it's 2% on the next part. You yeah. Know? But uh, none of us are lucky enough to, yeah. most of us are not lucky enough to. Imagine, listen, yeah. sometimes, sometimes I do <laughs> searches a, online as if I am going over the million. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, what would too. it be like? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that, especially for in the first time buyer bracket, but so it's 1%. So you need yeah. to fund for that there. And the solicitor will look after that. Yeah, and know? that's all paid at yeah, the solicitor stage. At the solicitor stage. Yeah, exactly. But it's something you do need to fund for. Mm-hmm. Um, the bank won't lend you that extra 1% or your legal fees. So you need to have 1% of the purchase price plus about five grand, I'd say, probably for all of those bits and pieces. The other cost as well we didn't mention is fit out. So like when you move into a house, mm-hmm. like I know when I moved into my first house, I think I had concrete floors or something initially. Which are super on trend now. This is like oh, that really? was, oh, right now. <laughs> well, it wasn't then. Now. The <laughs> amount I'm seeing people pay for concrete floors. Yeah. Through the roof. And sit on furniture, garden furniture, waiting on the furniture to arrive and all <laughs> yeah. that. Do you know what I mean? So beds cost money. Everything costs money. Yeah. Do you Your know? Your boiler and could break. Yeah, it is something that people don't think about. So some of them are down to the absolute wire and yeah. have nothing for for fit out so that is an important thing just to factor in as well Yeah. and the surveyor might highlight if there's essential works to be done you're better to keep some money for that you and know? that's all within the process you figure that out right you need to know what yeah. the house is first yeah. yeah other costs that come up that I think we don't speak about a lot and people only realise it in the process are insurance costs so if you're giving me a mortgage are there certain types of insurance that I have to have before you'll give me the final part of the mortgage? Yeah, so there's two that are mandatory. So your life cover, which is also called mortgage protection, which confuses everybody. They're always like, which is mortgage protection, which is life cover? So they're the same it? girl, they're she the just has two thing. names. Okay, yeah. perfect. Like one's her like drag name, exactly, one's her off exactly. stage name. Yeah, okay. everyone is always like, oh, and I need, the, they think they need three. So mortgage protection is life cover. Okay. The most common is just basic decrease in life cover. So as the mortgage is paid off, the life cover decreases and God forbid if that happens to you, the mortgage is cleared. For young first time buyers, it's relatively inexpensive. We, we have financial advisors, True Bank of Ireland Life, who can help you organise that as part of the process oh, so as you well. can be in-house, you're not kind of going online being like, how do I get no, this No, and what you can absolutely mm-hmm. shop around. There's no obligation to do it through Bank of Ireland, but we mm-hmm. can usually match prices as well with other competitors. Yeah, okay, perfect. Yeah. I love and, that. And the benefit as well in-house is you don't provide any documentation at the end. It'll just start bang on time when the, the mortgage starts. Oh, um, excellent. You don't have to tee two people up. Yeah, I like things very simple. So yeah, that's great. especially when it's the, the first time around with you doing all of this. But do that really early in the process. So the minute you find a house, I'd say, to do it, if you have health issues, maybe even get it ready earlier. Just I've heard this. Yeah. It's, I've had friends do it and they've had a really tough time at that stage. Yeah. Just due to health issues. Yeah. And 
they have said that it was just the last thing they wanted to be dealing with at that stage and they mm. would have, they should have done it when they had a bit more space, emotional yeah. space in the process. Say you can come in, say you know you have a health issue or mm. even you don't, you've just found a house and it's not closing for another six months. You can get your mortgage protection ready to go up to 12 months before okay. uh, or it, it'll just sit there and it'll just start when the mortgage starts. So it doesn't so trigger... You're not paying it or anything like that. That's um, good to know. People often ask as well, I have loads of cover. I work for big multinational and I have four times my salary life cover. So can I assign that? You can't assign that. You could change job and it's also there to protect your family. You know, so yeah. like if you have kids down the line or whatever it is, yeah. it's to protect your income um, where this has to be something that we take ownership of. Yeah, you it's, know? A, it's a new thing. Just yeah. start a new veil to go over the house. Yeah, Perfect. exactly. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so definitely do that as early as possible and say the mortgage is 500,000 or bigger mortgages, they nine times out of 10 are going to ask for a medical or a GP report or something. Right. And it can just cause delays. So it's just not something you want to do right at the, the week before close. Yeah, um, that sounds really stressful. And then the home insurance is relatively straightforward. Again, unless you have a house that you know is on a floodplain or <laughs> something like yeah. that, you know, and I, that's something your surveyor is going to, to flag early on. Mm-hmm. But usually you can do that the week or so before. Uh, yeah. You just need to have a closing date um, and it needs to be in place before drawdown. Yeah. Some people do start it a month after because like, I, I can't take it out till I own the house, but we need it in place before drawdown. Yeah, so, that makes total yeah. sense. So yeah. basically you're insuring the person that's paying back the mortgage and you're yeah. insuring the property itself. Yeah, and the property is insured for the rebuild value. So not okay. so people get confused about that. As to say, you're buying the house for 450000 to rebuild it. The value rule will put the rebuild value on it. Um, and it might be 300,000. Okay. So God forbid it would burn down, what is it? And then that's what you insure for. Right. That's mm. really interesting. I didn't realise that. Mm. I'm learning so much. This is brilliant. Thank you. When it comes to deposits, cash flow wise, do you prefer to see somebody, let's say somebody has a lot of saving or like you say, a gift, etc. Should they put as much of a deposit in as they possibly can? Is there a golden rule or would you just find that out in the process? We find it out in the process, like mm. there's not a golden rule as such. Obviously, the less you borrow, the better for yourself. And the the longer you do it over, the more interest you're paying in the long run and stuff like that. So it, yeah, you do need to look at what your goals are around it. But like in terms of your deposit, like if it all comes from a gift, that's fine. You know, once you've got your demonstrated repayment ability from rent, for example, mm-hmm. you know, that's absolutely fine. But it's a very personal thing around how if you've got extra money, how much you put what in you or not. Because yeah. Yeah. your future plans will affect that as well. But it's a 10% minimum, basically, with your deposit. Yeah. And if you're getting a gift from somebody, you have a process that you'll go through where the person mm. can prove they've been independently advised and mm-hmm. they are giving you that gift. You can't kind of just say, oh, I got yeah. this from somewhere. It yeah. has to, you guys will just assess the validity they've, like, They have to state they've no interest in the property then, you know. Yeah. And another thing to bear in mind is capital acquisitions tax. It's something that we don't, we're not tax advisors by any yeah. stretch of the imagination, you know. Well, listen, we can't all but do it all, can we? So. No, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, look up on revenue. It tells you the thresholds. If mm-hmm. it's your parents, you're probably all right because it's 300 and something thousand they can give you and there's no tax but if it's, if it's your friend, 
the thresholds are much lower. Um, right. So we don't mind that. That's fine. But we need to show funding then of you paying the tax as well yeah. and ensure that the tax is paid. And they have paid that tax before they use the money. Yeah. yeah. So like say your brother wants to give you 50,000, like there probably will be a tax implication there. Like, yeah. you know, I think it's 30 grand might be the threshold. Mm. We have had from friends as well and the threshold there is very low. Okay. You know, so. But due diligence on that kind of stuff is done yeah. anyway. So that you'll help them figure. We'll help. Yeah. Exactly. So we've spoken about how you can pay off your mortgage sooner in the different types and that'll depend mm. on the person coming in for it. Would you recommend people pay off sooner if they can? I know it's not always possible, but there are ways and means and you can support people wanting to do that. Absolutely. With rates going up at the moment, especially like, you know, so for what you might get on deposit and then paying that extra 200 euro a month into your mortgage, it does yeah. make sense. And it re- if you do that overpayment calculator, it's unreal how much a difference it makes. That's a great tool to be mm. able to see, right? Because if you're like, will I do this or will I pay this off? And you can see the difference it's making to your future. It's great. Exactly. And then like that with the lump sum. So you might be not getting those bonuses every year, but then you've changed jobs or whatever. And at the end, say you do with that 10 year fixed mm-hmm. and in 10 years time, you actually do have a lump sum, you can put it in then at the end of the fixed right. term, you know, uh, another really good thing in Bank of Ireland. So if you're moving house, say so you've gone for your 10 year fixed, but five years down the line, you move. Yeah. So obviously with fixed rates, there's breakage costs, you know, like if you break out early, if you do your new mortgage with us, we won't charge you a breakage. Okay. Rate. So and if you, you keep can, it in house. Yeah. Yeah. You say that charge and you can bring that rate over with you onto this so people are benefiting from that now five years of your 10 with you if it's beneficial so definitely would have been if you did it 10 years ago some people are afraid to fix because they're saying oh this is a too bad for me and the partner now but we might expand our family or whatever or like I might want a partner in the next five years exactly I might want to live with somebody so like I might be buying something that's not a one bed or whatever yeah so yeah Yeah, you can bring your product with you you can and like yeah definitely it is a good idea to, to overpay or pay lump sums in 100%. Okay. I yeah. always wondered is it like mm. is there would there be an implication or you know if, if it affects like, your terms? I, I do think people need to think about it. I suppose property is very illiquid so the, the thing about it is as well you don't want to overstretch yourself because when you put it in there you can't really take it back out that easily yeah. you know so yeah. <laughs> you need to make sure that yeah. like yes it's a great idea but also make sure you have the savings to live and all that kind yeah. of stuff as well Yeah, and rates can change so they have gone up recently Oh, can the rates change? Yeah, unfortunately, they're going the wrong direction for people at the moment. But that's another reason as well not to over. So some people, like they might come in now and be in a brilliant position and say, I want to do it over 20 years now because Mm. I want to pay it off as quick as possible. But you have to bear in mind your circumstances can change and rates can change. And go for something that's affordable, no matter what changes down the line, because it's much harder to extend out the term later than to go with that little bit longer and overpay or pay the lump sums in. Yeah, but that's why I think like the experts, like when we're talking in this podcast about each expert on the journey, like they'll help you with that. Nobody mm. expects you to become a legal expert for the conveyancing stage. Yeah. No one expects you to become a financial expert for the mortgage stage. No. So I think as long as you're really transparent about finances a bit in the past and kind of what you want your finances to look like in the future. Yeah. You guys can tailor it. And the only thing we can't advise on is rates. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, And that is something that obviously everyone wants you to advise on. But, you know, that's to protect you as well Mm -hmm. and to protect us because I don't have a crystal ball. I'd probably be in a much better job. If you you had a crystal ball on rates, oh my God. It would be like death becomes her with the elixir. Yeah. Like people would want that more than looking young forever. It's it's something nobody can... You can't predict 
so you know it is a bit of a chance all the time whether you fix or whether you go variable so I think yeah. you need to look at those goals that you have yeah is it to pay it off quicker is it to have certainty around the repayment is it to have flexibility and that's how you make your decisions I think when you're doing your mortgage for anyone who hasn't even looked into any of it yet you get so into who you are as a person financially mm. when you're speaking to a mortgage advisor that it starts to become obvious what's suiting you. Yeah. You're not standing there going, which button am I going to push? And I could push the wrong one. And then if I push this, like I'm screwed for the next 30 years. It does start to creep into which kind of product you go for. Yeah. Your payments and amounts. You start to really see yourself as a financial being, let's say. Yeah. So it's, it doesn't come to a stage where someone is going quickly pick. Exactly. It does become obvious, doesn't it? And that's the other, so like say you decide now I want to go for XYZ rate or offer or whatever you can change your mind right up to closing we just right. need to send out a new offer letter so yeah. and I can send you out loads of different calculations in the meantime to show you what they would all look like um, yeah so there's, there's loads of different things that you can do I think a big fear that a lot of people have is that they're not mortgage ready. They go in to talk to their bank and it'll put a mark next to their name for years to come. Mm -hmm. Or that the bank will, that they've banked with all their life will say, no, you cannot get a mortgage with us. And Mm. then they feel like they'll have nowhere else to turn. So they kind of wait till they're perfect and they're Mm. amazingly mortgage ready and everything's ready to go. What happens when they come in to talk to you and it's not Mm -hmm. a yes right now? I think that's the ideal scenario really that they come in early and they're not ready but we can tell them what to do rather than Ah. guessing you know and going off taking out loans and credit cards thinking that's going to help so I think the ideal is just to come in and chat to us there's no harm in that and I won't put up an application if it's not ready it's not that I'm going to send it up and get them declined even when people are declined you know so we think we're backing it and they'd still get declined by credit for whatever reason they can come back in six months time and apply again. Okay, it's so fine. you're not shunned for five years? No, absolutely not. If you're just applying and it's a no, it's usually six months, 12 months of correcting things. Yeah. Um, but usually you'll say, not right now, but we're going to fill out as much of this as possible. Yeah. You work on these things, get them perfect, and then we'll go again when you're ready. It's exactly. Amazing. Yeah. That's good to know. I think the fear of going in and speaking, people think that they start something mm-hmm. really overwhelming and it's not going to stop coming from them for them, but instead it can just be a check-in. Exactly. I could talk to you forever and I know everyone could listen to this forever because the mortgage chat is something that we just never get to hear about. So I'd love to end on some quick tips and tricks. So Mm. people listening right now, they're going to be applying for their mortgage in the next few years. What is the top line info that we'd like to leave them with? So for first-time buyers, you can borrow up to four times your salary, 90% uh, loan to value. So you need a 10% deposit. Documentation wise, so we will send a salary certificate out that you get your employer to fill out. You need two recent pay slips, six months bank statements for any non-Bank of Ireland accounts. So Revolut, anything like that. Yeah, that's it really. They're the main kind of documents that you will need for most people. Excellent. And then they should come in and meet you as early as possible. They don't have to be a Bank of Ireland customer to either get the mortgage or set up the mortgage saver account. Absolutely not. So it doesn't matter where you're banked, come in and have a chat as early as possible in the process and we'll get your mortgage ready. And you go into like your local branch, right? You and you can, you meet people on Zoom as well, don't you? On Teams or Zoom or whatever suits. There's various different channels you can apply through. Personally, I would meet in the branch or on Teams. Yeah. Yeah. 
excellent. It's really modern now, isn't it? Like mm. you don't have to get into your suit and go into the bank. You can ask if you're working from home and then on your lunch break, have a chat with you. Yeah. And it works really well. Say there, there could be someone in the office, someone at home and we can all link up on the teams and, and have a oh, chat. Amazing. And it's really, really good. Yeah. I love so modern. Mm. Amazing. <laughs> thank you so much for coming in. I've learned loads and I know other people will have. So thank you for your time and your expertise today. Thanks a million. Thank you. Let's talk approval in principle. Finding your dream home takes time. And that's where mortgage pre-approval comes in handy. For your approval in principle, simply have a lender assess your creditworthiness and give you an estimated amount. With Bank of Ireland, you get 12 months approval in principle, giving you more time to get it right. Search Bank of Ireland Mortgages for more stunning steps to make your mortgage journey smoother. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Over 18s only. Mortgage approval is subject to the assessment of suitability and affordability. Property and life insurance are required. You mortgage your property to secure the loan. Bank of Ireland Mortgage Bank UC trading as Bank of Ireland Mortgages is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.